Welcome to Story Comic Presents, where we interview amazing storytellers and artists. This is episode 307. I'm your host, Barney Smith of StoryComic.com, and we're excited to have back with us the internationally acclaimed author of Wild Worlds and Grave Vengeance and Perspectives, Mitch Larkins. Hey, everybody. Uh, man, Mitch. that was quite an intro. See? You build me up there. Yeah, you know, I got him because you are you are internationally acclaimed, so that that goes without saying. So yeah, technically, yeah. yes, I am. It's now technically internationally, so internationally infamous or something, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so remember last uh, last year you were on, and we were we were talking talking with you about your your lit RPG mm-hmm. genre, which was which was fascinating. Uh, and and now you're on. You have a, a a newer release that that was new from last year that we have we weren't able to talk about, which was your Grave Vengeance book, yeah. and and so really excited to talk to you about that. But before we kind of jump into that, do you want to kind of remind some of our listeners and our 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 viewers on who Mitch Larkins is and what you're working on now? Um, well, Mitch Larkins is me, the the, uh, <laughs> the wandering hobo of an author with this uh, raggedy beard and raggedy hair. About I meant, yeah, so I, I write I write science fiction, fantasy. Starting to delve into horror, some or at least horrific writing, if that counts as mm. horror. Um, you know, I'm just really passionate about all sorts of things: video games, Legos, uh, Warhammer, you name it. I've probably dabbled in it at least. In some level, maybe not purchased it, played it all the way, but I've read up on it because I just love right. entertainment stuff. I love stories. Right. So, so I'm really curious about because do you want to kind of go in a little bit about what the lit RPG uh, genre is? Sure. So, lit, lit RPG is um, it, well, it can be almost any main genre of fantasy, horror, whatever. Um, but it is inspired by uh, RPG role-playing video games. Um, mm. the, and there's a wide variety. There's heavy, where they are constantly talking about stats and the math and how everything's been up. And then there's some of the lighter ones where they kind of dabble into it, but it's more character-driven, really. Um, and even within that genre, it's been uh, vastly growing over the last 10 years or so. Um, to where it's doing, people are doing like farm simulation type of things. Uh, you may know it um, as Aseki, like Konosuba, Overlord. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I reincarnated as a slime. Um, things like that. We have our Western versions, um, Wild Worlds. There's um, a a book series called Dungeon Crawler Carl that delves into it. There's one mm-hmm. called Land. I've never read the Land. I've read Dungeon Crawler Carl. I recently got into that series. Um, things like that. So it deals with um, deals with like video game abilities, video game stats, leveling up, getting special items, um, and that kind of progression system. Because in a way, um, it, it depends on the type of fantasy. You have your high fantasy, you have your low fantasy. Game of Thrones right. is considered like low fantasy. Um, and I think is is Lord of the Rings kind of considered low fantasy, like because Gandalf's not allowed to use magic too much. But your high, your higher fantasies are where like they're throwing around massive spells. They got floating islands, all this crazy magic stuff. Um, so a lot of that is what I would consider is more free form. You know, it has more mm. the, more spirit to it. Not necessarily soul. Don't get me wrong, but spirit to it. Where like 
um, the, the how the magic system works when uh, RPG type stuff is kind of more structured, as in like he had like the character might know I need to keep casting fireball to build it up higher. When in another series it might be I just need to funnel more my energy into the spell to make it bigger. Okay. Um, and, and, but again, there's there's different variations of that. Um, but that's kind of how it is. It's feel, it feels more structured. The you can quantify where people's power levels are. Hey, listen, this fifth, level 15 guy's trying to go up against a level 35. Probably doesn't have much of a chance. Or a level 30 right. against a level 99, he has zero chance. Now, talk to us a little bit about Grey Vengeance. Because last year when you were on, I don't believe we were talking about Grey Vengeance at all. So we weren't talking about Grey Vengeance just yet. I think we kind of teased it um, a little bit at the right. end. Uh, it was still in like the editing phase and getting ready mm. for, for full publishing. So Grey Vengeance, I originally started as a short story. I wrote just a quick little section of a short story. The The premise of it is, is this um, girl makes a lot of friends at school suddenly um, with some of the more popular kids. And uh, they end up sacrificing her in a dark ritual to each get a wish. However, oh, wow. they don't realize that she also gets a wish. And her wish is for a reunion of sorts with her classmates. Um, and 10 years later, after these people are leading relatively successful lives, she comes back from the grave um, to get her revenge. And... Um, so the short story was basically that premise, and then it kind of like I, I gave it to some friends to read, some fellow writers. They're like, "Come on, you got to add more to it. You got to add more to it." So it eventually exploded into a forty thousand, fifty thousand uh, word story, and it, it expanded vastly from just the, the the short premise. What aspects, as a writer, did you decide that you needed to expand on for for the reader to feel? Like it's not just a finite world, but it's a much larger it's a much larger story that's in place. So that's actually pretty uh pretty good question because it was originally self-contained to the small town island and then it mm. spilled out from there. So for for that, um really with this one, um I kind of let the characters decide in a way where the story needs to go, what they need to do, how to get to the next step, um, you know, to, to flesh out. I had to give, um, you know, as a short story, uh, short stories have to come in, come in fast and hard and, you know, Hey, boom, these are the characters, boom, this is the situation, boom, this is what's happening. Um, and as the story stretched out, I was able to give them breathing room. I was able to let them see, the some of the characters a bit before the um the ritual happened i got you got to see some of the ramifications to their lives throughout the story um as opposed to just one necessarily quick flash uh flash forward you know 10 years or a jump forward however you want to word mm. it um we got and we got to add a lot more characters we got to add a, a lot uh a lot of the monster characters um we've got skeletons in there we've got demons from all sorts of folklore in there now, as opposed to it mainly just being uh, Alice, which you see on the screen right there as well, um, and the, the other characters. So we got to build up a, a lot more that way and just expand the threat, expand um, the you know the intensity of the characters, so to speak. What would you say is your biggest writing weakness? 
my biggest writing weakness um everything um <laughs> so like any good artist or bad especially bad artist or whatever i am my biggest own biggest critic so i'll write this stuff and i'm I'm writing it and I'm writing it. And I'm like, man, this is good. This is good. And then I go back and I just read like three sentences. Like, why am I even trying? I need to just throw this in the garbage, then throw myself in the garbage and set it on fire. So um, I am a very harsh critic of myself. Um, mm. I, my, my, my biggest weakness is, oh my goodness. Uh, dude, <laughs> I can't narrow it down. Cause honestly, it's like, I am so like self-deprecating cause I compare myself to these other brilliant writers. You know, some of them, some of those, my fellow writers on uh, ASAP and Any One Worlds, those guys are absolutely talented. Um, I, and it's just hard. It's just hard to, to just pick one thing. I think, I don't know. Um, may, I, I, I honestly don't know. That's a hard question, man. That's a hard question. <laughs> I, okay, I'll throw something out. Making up titles. I'm terrible at this. I'm terrible at making titles. So it either has to be alliteration or some kind of pun or something. There, there you go. There's my worst. That's the worst out of all my terrible <laughs> abilities. This is the worst one. So then, let me ask you: as you bring up the ASAP, the other ASAP imagination writers, how does the other writers make you a better writer? So, um, I like to have it as a friendly competition of sorts. You know, I yeah. want anybody out there to succeed. One hundred percent. I want them to. I don't want. I don't. I don't ever want to feel like I'm ever trying to kick anybody down or pull anybody down to my level. I like anybody that has the courage to put themselves out there, either drawing or writing, put it, making a song. I want you know. I want you to succeed to where you want to get at through your hard work, your creativity, and stuff like that. So seeing like how fast they can put stuff out that spurs me to write harder. Seeing them be. Um, you know, how, how they invent characters. How, you know, uh, we've had brainstorming session podcasts before, and it's just like seeing how their brains work really helps, like, motivate me creatively. Uh, and I'm just like, man, I want to be better than I don't. I never want to be like, oh, I'm better than you. But I'm just like, man, that's the plateau I need to get to, or that's the ladder I need to help climb. But the, the mm-hmm. great thing with the, the true artists and true writers, they're almost always going to reach down and try to pull you up. You know, right. you know, you could, uh, you know, you could always brain like. There's no writer I've ever met that wouldn't would be unwilling to brainstorm with you or like, hey, listen, I'm having trouble with this section. Obviously, you can't get just DM like J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or something. Hey, can you help me with my book? That's not going to happen. But you know, try to find a fellow writer out there that and just ask them, hey, listen, I read your book. I'm writing my own book. You know. I mean, you know, legal. There might be legal issues with them, like IDS dealing and, and that, always that concern. But like most people's not going to steal your stuff. So, but but that's what I'm kind. Of, that's what I'm kind of getting at is like you know just it, seeing them succeed makes me want to try hard to succeed as well. Does writing does that energize you or does it exhaust you when you finish for the day? So um, writing never uh, exhausts me. It does energize me. Like because the, okay. the eyes the ideas will keep flowing even after I stop or I, I have to force myself to stop or um it's the the part that gets me is just getting the document open and focusing on it and then writing it cuz I I get a ton of ideas all times like character character um dialogue and all this kind of stuff or little situations I can put them in but getting down starting the writing but once the writing fully starts and it starts going then I I just I am so pumped at after I'm done, after I close out, 
And then I just go and I'm like, man, I got to add this. I got to add this. got to add this. And I'm like, can't forget about this and this and this. So I keep like repeating the same scenarios in my head just so I make sure I remember them. But yeah, there's sometimes like, I'm, after I'm done, I can't even sleep. Do you tap into different parts of your creativity when you're writing horror as compared to, say, writing fantasy? So, um, so this is my first foray to horror, and I don't know how well I did in comparison to other actual horror. It dives into mm. when it was a short story; it was more straight horror. It kind of evolved into a little bit urban fantasy as well. Um, towards yeah. the end of the book, still with horror in it, I like to think. Um, so. Um, Jeez, uh, yeah, I, I think you have to. I think you have to. I think you have to like put into a story like this that like well, one, not everybody's going to get out alive. Not everybody's going to get out okay. As opposed to like my Wild World series, which is supposed to be like a straight, honest adventure story. Like you, you're going to see heroes. You're going to see the heroes succeed. They might, they might stumble and fall a little bit, but they, you know triumph I like, again i think we talked about classic superman in the past i may have been talking with you or somebody but um i like to see those stories i like to see somebody rise to the occasion with horror you don't have that there's um i, I like to actually i made one comparison that there's a lot of power of friendship in this except right. nobody's friends in here uh at least sure. the main characters aren't really friends but they're trying to tap into the power of friendship in a way to get something done which authors inspire your writing style? So um, there's a there's a brilliant brilliant writer Keith C. Blackmore. Highly recommend you go buy his Mountman series. It's about a Canadian zombie apocalypse. Huh. Absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant, man. His writing is so clever. Um, he he really inspires. Like when I'm writing like Grave Vengeance, I could tell inadvertently like. Uh, or unintentionally, I should say, he's expiring. He's he's inspiring some of my writing style in this. Um, um, yeah, I can't do a nice guy. I've actually talked to him on Twitter before. He's read my stuff, and I was like, ah! you know, like, oh, this brilliant guy read my stuff. And he kind of enjoyed. It. Oh my goodness! But yeah, uh, KC Blackmore's books, Breeds, uh, One Thirty One Days, One Hundred Thirty One Days, and The Mountain Series. Highly recommend all three of those. Um. He he helped inspire this. Um, I don't read too much horror. Actually, it was mostly horror movies that inspired me. Uh, Freddy Krueger, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, things like that. I, I really try to go for like almost an eighties feel with the story, the eighties slasher feels with the story. Um, for, you get a lot of um, the main villain Alice's perspective, and she's just like mm. absolutely having the time of my her life in during. Her, her scenes and then you switch to like the other human perspectives and it's the most horrifying thing they've ever seen like skeletons ripping themselves out of bodies and stuff and she's just having a grand time you know she's got she's got can you feel uh, i believe in magic playing in her head or do you believe in magic was there any author that authors that you initially weren't a big fan of that you actually ended up growing to appreciate um you don't know i I at the at the beginning and end of every day. I pre, regardless of whether I like the book or not, I appreciate every author out there. Um, okay. Again, I am I am such a big proponent of people uh, putting out their creativity or trying to put out their creativity. So I don't ever. I mean, you know, I've, there's books out there that I've read. I'm like, man, I did not like this, or I didn't like the ending, or 
you know, too many tangents or whatever. But again, they put it out there, and was I mostly entertained? Yeah. Um, so I, I don't really have anything negative to say about any author, really. Um, mm. I'm sorry, I, that's not good. Again, I try to be super optimistic with everybody. I, I right. don't always succeed, but I try. Those for those that are not connected to ASAP Imagination, like your um, um, other friends and your family, how do they feel about you being an author? So I wrote my first book back when I was like 21 or 22, something like that, in my early 20s. And my granddad at the time, I said, hey, listen, I'm writing a book and I was handwriting it because I didn't really have a computer, didn't have a laptop, you know, nothing like that. So I was handwriting it in a book. And he was like, hey, you'll never, you'll never get that published. And I was like, oh, well, now it's a challenge. And I'm going <laughs> we'll see about that. So, um, I mean, my mom kind of likes the stuff. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't know if any, many of my, uh, oh, you know, actually, my, my biggest fan is actually my, my little nephew, Lane. He loves the Wild World series, um, and he's desperately asking me to write more. And I'm I'm working on it, buddy. I'm working on it. It's all my to-do list. I've got like 20 other books I'm working on. So he, he absolutely enjoys the series. Um, I have a few family members that did enjoy Wild Worlds, that enjoyed my short story and perspectives. This isn't really up uh, their cup of tea, so to speak. Um, I, I deviated a lot, like my other series, I don't use like harsh language or anything in it. Mm. Uh, this one I did because again, that's uh 80s horror movie kind of thing. So I had to include that. Um, uh, this one's a lot more graphic. Usually that's uncomfortable for some of my family members. Uh, my wife loved the book. She cried several times in it apparently. Um, and not just because of my horrendous writing, but like she actually enjoyed it. <laughs> So she, again, she's one of my driving motivations to write a sequel. Talk to me a little bit about writer's block. Uh, do you have a cure for it or is there something that, do you ever experience writer's block? I have rarely experienced writer's block. I experience okay. um, a lot of my, a lot, depending on the, the book series, um, Wild Worlds, I, when I went and brainstormed, I wrote basically what, it's kind of like a writer's Bible. It explains all the characters, the setting, their abilities. Um, you know, it goes into, it might go into the tax system, the, the currency, the the political stuff, all, all the unnecessary details that the readers won't ever get to see. Um, I went ahead and flat, wrote out like 20 ideas for books. And then I would just go randomly throw in ideas as necessary. So I don't really necessarily have writer's block um, because the stories are basically there. I just got to connect the dots as necessary. With Grave Vengeance, I played it, uh, I don't fully plot, however, and with Grave Vengeance, I played it extremely fast and loose um, mm. with it, and I just let the character, like I said, uh, the characters kind of develop their own personality, and I just kind of let them do what they want. It's just the writer's motivation and the writer's focusing on my two problems is, you know, trying to shut everything out and just pull up the document and write. That's my biggest challenge. Once I get going, I I really don't get writer's block, but it's the getting going part that gets me. Do you want each book to kind of stand on its own or each series to stand on its own? Or are you trying to build kind of like a body of work that has connections between each of the books? Um, so Wild Worlds is its own complete, unique setting. Um, right. So it's completely outside the realm of our reality. This is set in like modern day. Um, so there won't be too many interconnections there. Um, I might be able to throw in a reference to each of them, like a little shout out, you know, how Stephen King kind of does that. Um, 
obviously I'm not seeing the King's level, so don't think I'm trying to copy that or anything. But um, will there ever be crossovers? Highly doubtful. Um, uh, perspectives, perspectives could fit into this. Perspectives, my perspective story could actually fit into this. Um, the short story that's in there, in theory. I, I haven't considered that, but maybe I should. So, wh where, where do, where do your ideas come from for your books? So, what, what my, where my ideas come from? It's usually uh, like a lot of writers. I'm, I'm a very shallow writer. I'm a very shallow writer. These other writers, these brilliant writers out there, are like, oh, well, let me. I want to explore this moral, or I want to like delve into this kind of psyche. I sit there like. Wouldn't it be cool if like a zombie girl came back from the the dead and she was treating this massacre? She was doing like some kind of fancy music video where she's dancing down the hallways while people are screaming for help and she's just like ripping heads off. Like that would be a cool scenario. Or or um, you know, what if I had like a mentor student situation, kind of like uh, Obi Wan and Luke, but they kind of hated each other, but they're forced to like teach each other and work together that's kind of like where my ideas come from it's always would this be cool have you thought about writing books that are aren't for adults or you look or thinking about writing other genres of books so i have a children's book that i've been playing with like a, a three-year-old children's book my my boss actually picked me out of the idea and i, I drew it all out um so and we're just getting it like inked and colored and stuff. And I keep trying to convince him. It's like, you were a parent. No parent wants to read a 30 plus page book 15 times in a row to a kid. If this happens to become some child's favorite book, you're going to get a hit put out on us for making the book this long, short and sweet, please, please. So I'm fighting that right now. Um, I do have another series that I'm actually working with. I'm trying to decide whether I want it to be like a comic book or a full novel or, or short novels. I've actually written a couple of them, like 15,000 words is 20,000 words, just uh, about the size of the Animorph series. Each of those books were about 20,000 words. And yeah, they're, they're aimed at a relatively younger audience, probably just seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Um, Wild Worlds wasn't intended, like my, 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 my nephew's, was really really young when he read the wild wars when i was like uh, they're kind of violent like pg-13 violent but you know like if you're cool with that there's no real bad language and there's not any real like sexuality in them um the characters mention each other are pretty but that's pretty much it do you have a favorite like underappreciated novel a novel that you tell other that you mentioned the the canadian zombie apocalypse one yeah. um do do you have any other underappreciated novels that you wish more people knew about? Well, um, so I actually talked to Mr. Blackmore about his Breed series, and he said, "Well, that wasn't selling, so it was just a short series." I was like, "That one's underappreciated. Go buy Breeds. Maybe he can bring it back for Breeds Four or something, or Breeds Five. I forget which one where it ended on." Um, um, you know, I, I follow up. Jeez, do I? Uh, like all I've got is like books from my childhood, Interstellar Pig and like Parasite Pig. It was about an interstellar card game and a kid trying to save the world from all these aliens trying to get this special card he had found. Nobody ever talks about that. Um, you know, and you know, one thing that's fallen out from the wayside that is breaking my heart is American folklore and tall tales. Nobody talks about John Henry anymore or Paul Bunyan or, uh, Captain Stormalong. 
you know, or a Joe McCraggy gag. I forget how you pronounce that. The Pennsylvania Steelworker legend. Like, I know those aren't like actual books and novels, you know what I mean? But like, nobody talks about them anymore. Nobody utilizes those characters, it seems like. Disney did the the John Henry thing, uh, animated short a few years ago. Right. But uh, do I have anything modern? Um, no, everything. Like, I, I'm some of the stuff I've read Overlord, Konosuba, Tanya, uh, those have all obviously had movies and shows and video games made of them. So they're pretty popular worldwide. Dungeon Crawler Carl seems to be extremely popular. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, man, am I just jumping on bandwagons? Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> so, uh, my books are underappreciated. Y'all need to buy a million copies. There, that's my answer. Do you have a lot of, uh, you know, unpublished or half-finished books that uh, you're still, you still have on your back burner that you can't wait to get done? Uh, so, a lot of them. So, uh, I do have Ravens 2 in the works. Uh, I'm at, I'm already at like 40,000 words for that. For those that don't know, 40,000 words is like a standard novel. So, it's and I'm still not done with it. I have another story about basically a ninja maid that okay. is almost done. I, um, I have Wild Worlds 4 that's almost done, uh, or at least close to halfway. I have a, the, the, the more kid-friendly book series. I've got two and a half books of that done, but because I can't decide on what I want it to be, I haven't done anything with it. I don't know if I want to convert it to a comic or leave it as a book series so haven't done anything with that yet so i, I have you know 10 10 books almost that are just waiting oh, for me to do something with when you're when you sit down to to kind of determine which books that you're going to be writing about um do you make the decision based off of the stories that you want to tell or do you base it off of the stories you think um are going to sell so I always, I, I mean, like, this probably isn't the best way of doing things, but I always want to, I always want to write something that I would be interested in because I, I'm afraid yes. that like if I just write, write something that I wouldn't want to see myself on the screen or right. uh, or or experience it through a video game or something that I won't put everything I can into it. Um, now, so I write a bunch of original stuff, you know. Um, if, if I ever got lucky enough to like publish a Spider-Man novel or something like that, I would want it to be a character that I'm passionate about. Um, at the same time, I don't want to be so self-centered that I'm like, this book is only for me. I want as many people that can enjoy these books to enjoy them. I don't know what who the, I write these books. I'm not sure who the audience is. These This one, if you like 80s kind of movies, this kind of fits that 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 feel for you. Uh, Wild Worlds, if you enjoy lit RPG and you need, you want to recommend something that's a little easier for newbies to get into the series, that's probably pretty good. I've I've heard people, a few people say that that it was a since it was light on the mechanics relatively, that one was right. easier for people to get into. Um, hmm. But that's why I I don't know I like I write for myself, but if anybody else enjoys it, that's a plus and you know. If, if somebody came to me and they're like, hey, listen, I really wish you would write something like this, I probably would absolutely jump on that because I like to please people. I like to make people happy. I like to – I want to entertain. I don't want anybody to walk away from – they can love it. They can hate it. But were you entertained by it? Well, yeah, I found some of it entertaining. Hey, well, that's a plus for me. That's a C plus. What time of day is it usually 
better for you to write you see it depends on the day so um the weekends i usually can get some writing done in the middle of the day um after i get my kids to bed i get a couple of hours um me and my wife i can sit down and write if i don't get distracted by video games or anything else so um but that's the great thing about technology is i've got the documents on my phone if i get do 15 minutes on my on, on lunch at work i can pop it up or i'm in the middle of a meeting that never should have been a meeting it should have just been an email then i could i can pop it up and oh yeah that's a good idea too bad we thought about it three months ago and it's already been done you know things like that um just whenever whenever you can just 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 write that's that's going to be my advice there that's what i try to do if it's a couple of sentences well guess what that's a couple of sentences more you've gotten done. So how long does it usually take you to write a book? Um, I could usually knock one out. Uh, if you condense all the time down, it would probably be six months or so. Um, it just depends on what my, my actual life is like uh, at the moment, how hectic that gets, how hectic work gets. Um, but if I, got to, if I got to sit down nonstop, I can write couple thousand words in a day um then yeah so i can i can if if i was doing this for an absolute living i'd probably knock out two books a year just in writing that's not counting editing and, and art getting done and all that stuff but yeah i could probably knock out two or three books a year so if you guys like great vengeance and you, or you like wow i got actually got a couple of ideas for like a book three and four maybe so that, that's the other problem is like okay i gotta shift those ideas like this book probably would already be done if I can't they keep ripping sections out. Like, oh, that needs to be saved for another book. That needs to be saved for another book. Um, and so, how do you balance like your your work and then uh, your your writing life? And once I t once I figure that out, I will let you know. It's uh, <laughs> um, the 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 biggest thing is like when your job needs to know like this is my start time, this is my end time. That's the time y'all y'all pay for. You know. My writing is basically whenever I can wedge it in between my free time, between my kids, uh, my my wife, you know, the dog, dog needs attention, needs some pets. Um, I just try to wedge it in there wherever. I don't let, I try not to let any of that take over the time I have with family. That's my biggest concern mm. is losing time with them. Um, however, uh, my kids, uh, at least my daughter, my son's not quite old enough yet. She loves the idea of writing. So I can easily pull up, even if I can't write it on the document itself and I can just pull up paper and I can write by hand, she'll sit down with me and she'll write her own story. Or she'll ask me questions oh, wow. about how you write or how you develop characters. And I'll just, I'll write and I'll be like, this is the way you do it, baby. And I'll explain like how you develop a character or any questions she has. Again, I'm not, not, I'm not an expert in this stuff, but for a six-year-old, I'm good enough at it. So, Mitch, if, if people want to learn more about your work, where's the best place they can go to? So, um, if you want to get all my, my newest stuff, Grave Vengeance, you want to get Perspectives, which I highly recommend Perspectives. Uh, not just me in there. There's a ton of authors in there. Um, go to ASAP Imaginations. Uh, imagination, one, uh, one word and not plural, um, dot com. You'll find all of us there. Wild Worlds will be coming up. There, there it is right there. There's the Mitch Larkin's collection. I did not write that. Brilliant mind. So that should have an asterisk by it. Okay. <laughs> but um, but Wild Worlds will be coming up there. Hopefully, um, 
if we're lucky, maybe by the end of the year, maybe next year, that's up in the air right now. Uh, Great Vengeance is there for the time being. If you want to sit down and talk with me, I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. Uh, Wild World's Rider on Instagram and Mr. at Mr. Beardsley on Twitter. And yeah, anytime. So those are the old books right there. Um, they're they're kind of out of print um, when I shifted publishers. Um, but hey, look, not bad reviews. At fourteen, yeah. I didn't realize I had fourteen on that one. There you go, forty one on yep. this man. Dang, I am a good writer, y'all. Everything's gonna be shifted over pretty much to ASAP Imagination. Uh, we're going to get new covers. The, the the books are gonna be tweaked a little bit, add in new scenes, all kinds of stuff. Well, listen, Mitch, we gotta make this a regular thing. I mean, it's all great to chat check in with you, uh, you know, every year. This is fun. Dude, I love coming on this one. You are so much fun, dude. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Mitch. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Yeah, see, we'll keep it. Well, we, we got, there's plenty of things. That, I, I remember last time you were on, we couldn't we couldn't stop talking. So yeah. we got to make sure. Yeah. You have plenty of things to talk about, Mitch. So no, I, t- I tend to ramble, so I apologize. Yeah. No, you ne- never apologize for that. That's fun. All right. Let me, let me do the intro. Mm-hmm. We'll get going, Mitch.